Welcome to Connex, a global leadership platform for construction executives. Today, I have uh, Billy Mattingly. Do you go by Billy? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. I have Billy Mattingly with me today, and Mattingly, and uh, I, you know, and rather than me tell Billy's story, Billy, tell us. Uh, I hate to just jump into it, but kind of tell us about number one. First off, about yourself. Where'd you uh, Where'd you grow yeah. up? And what do you What have you What led you up till today? Will do. And and thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, enjoyed listening to some of your other podcasts. So uh, appreciate the opportunity to to come on. Um, my name is Billy Mattingly um, with Holiday Construction Group. About me personally, I was born and raised in Indianapolis, Indiana. I've uh, lived here my entire life. Uh, save a couple years right after school where I worked in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, but outside of that, I'm a lifer here in Indianapolis. Um, have a lot of family and friends here. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's home for me. I went to Purdue University, uh, graduated in 2004 in the um, uh, Well, you sound like a good guy. You couldn't, to, you couldn't have gone to Purdue. You sound like a real good guy. So. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, they're they're not popular uh, unless you went there. I don't I don't know why that is. Um, but I I get that a lot unless you're a, a fellow boilermaker. But I don't I don't yeah. mind. We my wife uh, went to Indiana University, and that's our in-state rival. So we're a mixed household. Oh okay oh, okay. So who do you root for? Uh, well, I cheer for Purdue. Uh, you know my I've got two daughters. Uh, they. They stay pretty neutral on that. I think uh, I don't think they'd pick a side. So there's, there, they, I use a good school, uh, oh, but okay. a lot of uh, a lot of engineering and construction um, management professionals uh, from the Midwest uh, came from Purdue. It's I use uh, more known for their business and, and uh, uh, arts and sciences. So, so after you went to school, you said you went to D.C. What you what you do in D.C. Yeah, that was my first job after college. I graduated uh, from Purdue in uh, construction, engineering, and management. Um, went to work for a group. Uh, it was affiliated with Clark Construction Group, which is a large builder in the Mid-Atlantic region. Mm -hmm. um, ir ironically, I was working on a uh, it was a military base housing project in Virginia. And I say ironically because at the time I had not been exposed to multi-family residential type construction uh, my internships in school and my my commercial construction experience prior to that was uh was more true commercial construction not multi-family or certainly not residential but what i was doing in for clark in virginia was um multi-family housing on a large scale for a military base in virginia so it's come full circle where now later on in my career i've done quite a bit of multifamily so it's you know uh kind of sandwiched in between there was was some more commercial work so so then you roll back to uh indiana what did you you know what led you that yeah um i i liked where i was with clark um and i i enjoyed that was really my only criteria when i graduated was i wanted to go somewhere different experience uh, something new and and I was committed to doing that uh, at the time um, 
had some uh, connections back here in Indianapolis that started pulling me professionally and just enticing me. Hey, you know, it was a hot market at the time. This is pre, uh, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010. So things were booming. Mm -hmm. And so just, uh, you know, opportunity called and I, I got pulled back into this market. And of course I was from here. I had family and friends here, so it wasn't that hard of a sell, but you know, as I got more you know, reestablished here, it just, you know, that that's, that's kind of where, where I've, you know, built my career and started a family. So it's, yeah, I, I, once I got uh, re-entrenched here, I, I haven't really thought about leaving again. So uh, did you start up right when you came back or, you know, how did your company kind of come about? Yeah. So actually I, I've been with Holiday Construction Group uh, for coming up on four and a half years, not, not a long uh, stretch of time. So, um, and I, and I'm a partner with this company. Uh, there's other construction uh, executives at our firm that are, that comprise some of the equity um, of this company. But, but prior to holiday, I worked uh, for another multifamily uh, contractor and developer. So I guess your question, uh, you know, how did I get, to hear from when I came back to Indianapolis, it's it's been a few different experiences along the way that have kind of led me to this point. But uh, there's been a common theme that it's been uh, commercial construction focused, and then as I say, more specifically, uh, some uh, multifamily uh, concentration. So tell us a little bit about uh, your company. Uh, where, when did it start? Kind of the history of it. Sure. Yeah, Holiday Construction Group uh, is affiliated with Holiday Properties. Holiday Properties is a developer, a real estate developer that's been around since 1952. Actually, they started in Washington, D.C. Um, Why does and, it seem uh, like all, all like multifamily comes from a developer? It always seems, I guess it makes sense, but why does it always seem that way? Well, I mean, it, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll touch on, 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 uh, some of our other markets, you know, multifamily is just a piece of what we do, a big piece of what we do. But, but I think it's because of that vertically integrated model where, uh, you know, you've got a developer and uh, there's synergies with construction and property management. So over time, it it you know uh, makes sense for them to continue to progress. That's how it was at Holiday. The the development company started in 1952. It wasn't until 2007 that they took on a a separate legal entity holiday construction group and actually started doing some of their own construction so there's a you know a long stretch in between there where they were working with outside general contractors so 2007 um they started holiday construction group and really their primary focus was building for holiday properties as you said you know this mm -hmm. vertically integrated developer contractor model as our company holiday construction group has evolved we now have a, a very diverse uh, portfolio of third-party clientele past projects current projects and pipeline projects for third-party clientele and, and where i'm based in indianapolis it's made up uh even some years a majority of our work doing that third-party work so it's been it's been a really good balance for us 
So uh, you you the the years are interesting there because you said uh, 2007 for the company. That was right before you know er, you know um, excuse my language, but shit hit the fan, you know. And uh, 2008, yeah. 2009, you know. Yeah, you know, and and some people I've I've heard that expression, and I I know it it's it's uh, been proven before that sometimes that's the best time to start a business. I'm sure they didn't draw it up that way. Again, I was not here uh, at its inception in 2007. I came on board, as I say, uh, a little over four years ago. Um, but it, yeah, it, it, you know, I'm sure at the time it, it was it was stressful. You, you're starting something, you're just getting going. Then, as you say, shit hits the fan and, uh, and you got to kind of circle the wagons and, and figure out what your path forward is. But what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So I'm sure they, they came out of that, you know, as, as a lot of companies did uh, post 2010 and just started to, you know, build some momentum. So where are you guys kind of at today? I mean, uh, you know, you know, what kind of volume do you guys do? What could, you know, is it specifically multifamily? Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah, we, uh, I'll just give you give you the rundown. We uh, we have right at 40 employees uh, in the Holiday Construction Group. That's comprised uh, or spread out amongst four offices. We have an office in Indianapolis where I'm based. We have two other offices in Northern Indiana, uh, one in Portage and one in South Bend, and then we also have an office in Chicago. So there's four operating offices for construction. Uh, 40 employees. Last three years. We've done somewhere between 85 and 95 million dollars gross revenue uh, wow. total for those three offices. Yeah. This year, uh, we're on track to have a record year. I think uh, we'll be over 100 million this year, 2022. Um, we, uh, you, you asked about market sectors. We multifamily is a big piece of of our volume. Uh, there's mm -hmm. also a big piece is industrial. We we we've, we've done industrial. Uh, spec buildings, uh, not not too much heavy manufacturing, but you know spec buildings, whether they're precast or pre-engineered, multi-use buildings. Um, hospitality is a big market for us. It you know it, it was slow there for a couple of years during the pandemic, but starting to pick up some momentum again. So that's always going to be a core focus for us hotels. Um, and then when you get away from those three, uh, you know or three sectors, multifamily, industrial, hospitality. There's probably five or six other groups of that comprise our volume. It might be some infrastructure work, uh, some TI work. Um, you know, we've done some uh, commercial office, some some banks, uh, just uh, multi-purpose sports facilities. I mean, they, that's one thing about holiday properties and holiday construction group that I think is the differentiator is our diversity in terms of the type of work that we do so so what's the future look for like for you guys is, uh you know a lot of the same or are there any kind of anything you guys are doing differently uh what does that look like yeah so we we had a um uh and I'll answer it this way we had a a, a leadership transition in 2019 and that was a three-year um you know, phased uh, progression in terms of how we were going to uh, divide the ownership of our company. 
uh, and also uh, uh, define better define our our leadership. Uh, and so that that process started in 2019. I feel like we're we're hitting our stride now with that because it was a three year plan that has now come to fruition. So in terms of the future, I our backlog right now for 2022 and 2023 has never been stronger. Uh, so we're I feel optimistic about that. Um, it's of course, you know, as you know, it's it's just uh, many ways unsettling a lot of these market factors that exist, but they, you know, it's the same for everyone. The challenges that we have are not unique. You know, escalation is real for everybody. Labor shortage is real for everybody. Material scarcity is real for everybody. So we're not dealing with those factors that, that are unique. It's, it's the same for, for all people in our industry. So I, I guess I say that to say, you know, I, I temper some of that um, optimism about our backlog and our forecast with just it, it's never been harder in my career to to execute on our work because of those external factors but it you know you just do the best you can well you know um, that's I, that that's just it's it's interesting you know related to all the changes we've gone through in the last few years you know what a, what everybody refers to as the new normal but you and you know people still need a place to live you know and people right. still need a place to eat and regardless of those things you know it's 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 kind of interesting you know uh, i mean sometimes pe people want to just throw their hands up and be like the sky is falling well the reality is, is that it's not falling and uh people still need things and uh what's interesting is like if we do if we decide hey you know like in 2008 housing was down well, all of a sudden, when we're, we quit, we quit building as much, and we had a huge boom. Boom, you know. So it's kind of like it, it's it's it, it's funny. Today's today's uh, uh, you know issue will be tomorrow's opportunity. You know, so um, that's right. And the, the the new normal is is exactly right. I feel like we've we've been in that uh, state for a while, and and when we may be for a while longer. It's just, uh, but but what are you going to do? I mean, every I remind myself and our and our team of that often is that these these pressures they're real. I'm not discounting them, but they're the same for everyone. So just do the best we can. Absolutely, absolutely. So tell tell us a, a little bit about uh, what some uh, parts of you know you brought some stuff to the table. You came there, and there has been, you know, uh, growth there in the company. What do you think that you, you know, and I try not to be humble here, but, uh, but I'm sure your uh, your team will listen to this also. So, <laughs> so be careful what you say. But sure. what, what skills and abilities do you think you really have brought to the table to help the company um, continue to grow? Yeah, it's a, a fair question, and. Uh... You know, I, I got to answer it this way and just say that we've, we've got a really good core team. Uh, a lot of our people, you know, as I say, I've been here coming up on four and a half years. Uh, there's there's plenty of people here at Holiday Construction that have more tenure than I do. Um, and I recognize that. And, and we have some people that are really loyal that have been with us, uh, seen our evolution, Um like the direction we're going, so I think that 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 cannot be understated. Just having good people, uh, really like the team we have, and then this new leadership transition that took place in 2019. 
we 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 different or we um, went a different direction in terms of how we broke up our our management structure. So before we tried to divide it into geographic regions, that's how it was before. That's how it was when I came here, and and I think this this approach now where we have designated office uh, uh, almost like business units each each construction office we all roll up to the same P&L and the same HR and the same accounting um, by and large a lot of the same processes and procedures but we track our uh, performance by office and so that that just allows for autonomy within those office groups to kind of chart their own course and I think that's that's been a big part of the success. Uh, it's one of our core values on the development side and on the construction side as well, that we're entrepreneurial. So we want to give our people what well, feel like they have, you know, ownership in, in terms of the path we're going, the projects we, we decide to pursue, uh, the, you know, the manner in which we execute on these projects. I think, I think that's, uh, that's, that's been a big key to our success. Um, so I, I, I guess uh, you, you can steer me another direction if there's if there's something more that you were looking for in that answer. But I think uh, for me that the biggest transition or the biggest factor was was some of the changes that we've implemented since 2019. Well, you know that's uh, um, it, it, it's interesting how things change based on the the structure of an organization. And uh, you mentioned, you said something that really kind of grasped my attention a little bit there because I'm a big believer in autonomy. And the pro the thing I've had, and I, I, I don't know if, uh, if you've had the same uh, struggle, but making sure people understand the definition of autonomy. Because sometimes people believe, hey, autonomy is, hey, I get to do whatever I want. Well, that's not necessarily right. true. You know, leave, autonomy, leave me alone. Right. <laughs> Autonomy means, you know, I mean, you, you know, we're going to give you a chance to, to have a little bit of independence, you know, and uh, sometimes I think that maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe it's, I'm not exactly sure, but uh, I know that uh, there's a huge push, especially with the pandemic about uh, working remote rather than working in the office, you know, have you guys yeah. had to, had this, had to deal with that and, you know, I'm sure during the pandemic, you've, you know, with four different offices, you guys probably had to figure out a plan to deal with that. Yeah, let me let me touch on one thing if I can, because uh, I agree with you. The autonomy just in and of itself uh, could be misleading or, and as you say, it, it doesn't mean the same for everyone. It certainly doesn't, uh, you know, what you described is is not our definition of that. I think the other word that goes hand in hand, and this is a this is one of our uh, cultural buzzwords with Holiday Construction Group, is accountability. Right. So we're going to give uh, people at our organization at different levels. It could be uh, project managers, it could be project coordinators, it could be project engineers, superintendents. Uh, it could could be anyone in our organization. There, I hope that they are going to realize, and they do realize that they can impact our bottom line with with anything and everything they do right they they you know they they're not just a a small piece of this that 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 I think um that's where the accountability comes in we're giving them the ability to impact change make decisions 
kind of chart our course, as I said earlier. But from that, you know, we're going to learn from mistakes we make along the way. We're going to do something slightly different the next time. I, I just think, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It's, 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 uh, it, it's something that's been important for us and it's going to, it's going to continue to be a key, um, you know, component of our, of our culture. But about the, the working remotely, I'll touch on that. We, we were very fortunate construction, uh, I would say generally and, and our office, uh, that we kept working throughout the pandemic. Um, and I know other businesses, uh, were not as fortunate. And so I, I you know, I, I, I feel very fortunate that we were able to stay busy, to keep our people busy. For the most part, a lot of our, uh, job site supervisors, um and even some of our office staff uh did not work remotely much at all uh we we definitely uh were conscious of uh new protocol be it social distancing or um you know we started a uh, thing on on certain job sites where we'd alternate supervisors on shifts and days so that if someone had close contact or exposure uh we we wouldn't necessarily lose two guys on one project uh, so it was certainly everybody uh, across all offices adapted, but I think for us, um, I'm proud of how we came out of that. And, and really, there, uh, knock on wood, hasn't been too much impact to our to how we uh, did business day to day. I mean, things things adapted, things were different. Different. The market has been impacted. But in terms of us doing our job, we were able to keep working. So feel good about that. So, you know, switching to a more personal note, if you had to, you know, um, you know, you're, if you had to give advice or if you look at yourself when you entered the industry um, and you had to give advice to yourself, um, I always like the exercise of giving your 18-year-old self advice. I don't think that's a good idea because uh, at 18, I wouldn't have listened to myself, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> but definitely not. <laughs> but if you had to give advice to somebody who's graduating college and going into the industry, um, what would be the best advice that you would give to them personally and professionally, personally or professionally? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, I would start here and say uh, whether you're just getting into the business or deciding whether you want to get into the business, surrounding yourself or, or identifying key mentors. Uh, is is huge. Uh, for myself, I look back prior to going to Purdue and, and going to school for this and then starting my own career, I was introduced into this business from my, my two of my dad's brothers, two of my uncles who, uh, they're, you know, I, I consider them construction lifers. You know, they, they've been doing this twice as long as me and I feel like I've been doing it for a while. So they, uh, they got me started into the business when I was in high school, just as a general laborer. That was my first exposure to the business, and I, you know, I still see those guys regularly and talk to them, and um, just just uh, very good examples of uh, how I would want uh, my career to have been viewed by someone else. You know how I look at those guys and the regard I hold them in, and the things they've been able to accomplish, and the people they've been able to influence. Um, yeah, so I, I think mentorship is a big one. Uh, construction and engineering, our, our business, I feel like you're fortunate to get a very well-rounded experience, right? We do uh, engineering technical, we do accounting, 
We do legal and contracts, uh, you know, interpersonal communication, negotiation. You get a, a, a vast variety of skills that you use on a daily basis. So I think there's no substitute for getting that well-rounded experience. I guess you could say that differently and say, if someone, you don't have to go at 18 years old and, and plug in right away as a, you know, assistant superintendent on a commercial job site. I mean, there's, there's more than one way to gain that experience, but, but gaining that well-rounded experience is invaluable. Um, I think, uh, you know, advice I would give my 18 year old self or, or another 18 year old is be patient. I mean, that, that just, it's almost laughable because of, you know, I'm still working on that now at 41 years old. Uh, but I think that's, that's key in this, you know, in this business, right? I mean, it's high stress. Um, the only constant is change oftentimes. So I think, uh, you know, being patient and, uh, you know, looking at things in terms of, you know, the, the, the highs aren't too high and the lows aren't too low is, uh, is just a, a good baseline approach. No, that's definitely some good advice there. Having, I can, sometimes people think on mentorship too, that, you can only have one mentor. And I say, no, man, you can have multiple mentors. You know, I have one that's personal. I have one that's by my faith. I have one, you know, that's professional. And actually I have more than one professionally. So um, it's with, do I call them? Hey, and say, Hey, you're my mentor. No, but there's somebody I reach out on a, on a regular basis and get their counsel. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. So, well, um, uh, I want to kind of switch to the, the, the speed round a little bit here. And what this is, is this is, you know, I'm going to give you eight different categories. I want you to rate one to 10, 10 being the most important one being the least important. They could all be tens. So I'm not going to judge you here. This is a non judging environment. Sure. So, um, sure. but, uh, but we'll start out with scheduling. Yeah, you know, I I I got to tell you, I'm I'm a listener on your podcast, so I've listened to how others have answered this question. I thought about how I might answer this, and I was going to go off the board and give you, you know, fractional. I don't know if any. I haven't heard anyone do that yet. You know, like no, the judge gives you an eight point four or whatever. Uh, but no, I I, I um, for scheduling, I would give that a nine. Uh, it is it is hugely critical um, setting up. Uh, what the expectations are for your team and for the client, uh, and then managing to those uh, or, or exceeding those. I mean, it, you can't say enough about it. It just touches so many different elements. The, the schedule impacts, the dollars impacts, uh, the, the manpower and the labor resources. So it's, it's, it's hugely critical. Uh, estimating. Estimating, I would give a seven. Um, you know, none of these scores are going to be really low because they're all really important day-to-day -day facets of our business. But I think, um, you know, setting up the estimate, uh, we have, uh, you know, you oftentimes uh, will bid something and then start the project or, you know, somebody else looks at it a different way or something unforeseen comes up and you, you pivot and go a different direction. So I think plan, uh, you know, your approach to how we would do a job can always change. So I'd give that a seven. 
Now we have two here. We have contracts. I mean the actual paper contract. And then we have contract administration, which actually is the execution of that contract. So can you give us numbers on both those? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I gave both of those contracts and contract administration. I give those an eight. Um, you know, of course, uh, especially in this day and age, you know, having uh, being, a, being knowledgeable about your contract, uh, uh, the, the critical elements of that contract, the potential exposure, uh, and then just um, how, you, how you administer that, uh, hugely critical. I, I guess the one thing that I would uh, temper that with is, you know, for, for a lot of projects that we have, the only time we're, we're looking at that contract is the day we sign it. I mean, we're very knowledgeable about what's in there. And so the ex, if the expectations are clear, uh, if the uh, expectations between the contractor and the owner and the subcontractors align, then you shouldn't, you know, it, it, it's counterproductive to be pulling out your contract and, and you know, going to war that way. So that's, that's kind of how I look at it. Design. Design I gave a seven and, uh, you know, we have, we have a couple, a few architects on staff at Holiday. Um, we've got a design build program manager uh, at Holiday Construction Group. And, and so I'm very, uh, very appreciative of their skill set and their abilities. Um, but it's kind of like estimating that, you know, we, we get a set of plans and oftentimes, uh, you know, that's just the starting point for, for how the execution goes. I mean, we, you, you make changes, you have field observations and RFIs and substitutions. And uh, so it's, it's, it's important, but it's, you know, I, I give that a seven. Uh, the accounting. Accounting, I give that a nine. Um, you just, uh, the different facets of accounting, right? Like your project level, micro accounting, your, your company mm -hmm. level more macro but uh in in either case just being aware of where you're at uh knowing that uh you know forecasting at the project level and the company level it's just it's a skill and a uh you know facet of our business that we we're we're in every day right i mean it's any any one day could be different um elements of accounting but it's just so important that you know probably there's not one day that, that goes by where i'm not involved in some element of that so i i'd, I'd rate that pretty highly the next one is business development uh, some people like to call it selling work uh, either or yeah i i uh business development i, I want to i want to i guess the caveat to me is in a general business sense sales trumps everything. I mean, it, it just does like, like business 101, right? I'm not talking about construction. I'm saying if you're someone who invents a, a widget and then you're trying to figure out if you have a, a company there and you could, you know, get some investors. I mean, that's the first thing they're going to look at. Well, do you have any sales? I mean, it, it, it really is invaluable in a general business sense in construction, which is what, this podcast is geared to I'm going to give that a seven. And that's to me because we're a service 
oriented industry. A lot of our work is repeat clientele. A lot of our new work comes from the work we're performing. Um, so I, I, you know, it's a, it's a part of what I do. We have other persons within our organization that focus a portion of their time on business development and sales, but we do not have any one person where that's all they do. Uh, I know other construction companies do, we don't. And uh, I think to me, that's because it's just so integrated in the operations cycle and, and, you know, we're, we're only as good as our last job. And, uh, you know, oftentimes that work that we're doing right now is going to help us land the next project. And last but not least, leadership. Yeah, I'm going to give that a 10. Uh, you know, I, I, whether it's, you know, in, in our business, and I, I, I try and remind our team of this, we're all leaders uh, at the project level, uh, company level, um, you know, out in the community and the, you know, business community. Um, so I, I think, um, you know, those, having those leadership qualities, uh, exhibiting those leadership traits, being consistent, um, you just can't say enough about it. And, and I know, um, for myself, uh, you know, we talked about the new normal and just how challenging it's been in this business and, and uh, uh, overall cultural environment. I know it's, it's been tough. I mean, it's been learned a lot about myself, uh, you know, uh, had some days that that I, I'm sure I'd, I'd do things differently if I had to do over again. But that's part of it. Right. I mean, that's that's why I say it's a 10 is because. Our people, certainly not just me, all of our people are tightening and developing their leadership skills every day. And the the leaders that we're developing right now within our company, that's that's the future of our company. And we're we're trying to uh, elevate all of our persons to where, you know, that's that's the type of culture that that we have. Getting back to the accountability and the autonomy, we've got a group of leaders who are who are in lockstep. So I think it's, it's huge. It's the top of the top of the heap on your list for me. Well, I want to thank you, Billy, for being with me today. Um, I enjoyed listening to you. I enjoyed listening to about, uh, about holiday and I, I enjoy, um, just, uh, some of the topics you brought up, but uh, it's interesting, um, uh, you know, how, how you know what you guys do and how you guys do it and how you have grown so i appreciate you having today having uh time with me today and as i do with all my guests i always give you the last word so anything you want to say uh this is your time well thanks again for having me scott i've enjoyed it we had a little hiccup there technically uh but you know we joked about it offline that was that's you know some of my colleagues and teammates that are listening they'll have a chuckle because i you know it just seems to come with the territory for me i'm just uh i'm a clutch on some of that stuff but um last words i would say uh i thought about this that there's a quote i like i think it's attributable to billy jean king where she said pressure is a privilege and it just gets back to what we were talking I mean, for me i know it, it might mean something different to everyone but to me what it means is you know, hey, what we were saying earlier, it, it's a tough time right now, a uh, tough time to, to to accomplish the same thing that, you know, the, the business 
elements, the core elements haven't changed, but those external factors have just tightened and become more difficult. And, you know, the way I look at that is what, what are you going to do? I mean, I suppose I could pivot and go do something entirely different, or you could allow those uh, external pressures to sharpen your own skill set to make you stronger and to make you better. As you say, you said that earlier, um, you know, there's an opportunity waiting on the other side of some of this uh, difficulty. So I'm, you know, in that sense, I'm optimistic about the future for us and the future for, for all of us in this industry. Well, thank you again, Billy, and, uh, and join us next week for another session of ConX. Mm-hmm.